Hello, I'm Shannon Fouts, and I want to say thank you for taking time to join me. And um, where Pastor Jennifer asked me to talk about how we maintain our faith through times of chaos. And so, um, before we start, I just want to pray, okay? Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for your constant courage, your constant encouragement, your constant support that you never leave and you never forsake us. And I just pray over this time, Holy Spirit, that you speak, you guide us into all truth, and we submit ourselves to you and we say thank you in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, I want to thank Pastor Jennifer for giving me this opportunity to share with you. Um, you know, I am so thankful for people who demonstrate consistent, sacrificial faith, for people who hold on to Jesus no matter what trials, pains, or disappointments come their way. You know, there are people who step out in faith, they take risks, they give of themselves for God's kingdom. And that is who Pastor Rick and Pastor Jennifer are to me. You know, through the years, I've watched them go through some very difficult times and they've never given up. And you know what else? They've never grown bitter. And that says a lot because we all face difficult things in life and we have a choice. Either we're going to grow stronger and better and our faith is going to grow and our love for others is going to grow or we're going to become smaller and smaller. We're going to limit ourselves and, and we're going to get hurt and stay in our hurt and our pain. And you know, a lot of people choose that. And you know, Pastor Rick and Pastor Jennifer left the comfort and familiarity of the states to serve at a time in their life when most people are ready to take it easy and slow down. And they are a gift. They are a gift to everyone who knows them. And I want to say thank you, Pastor Jen. Thank you for your faithfulness, your love for Jesus and for his people, including me. So thank you very much. Now, she asked me to share today, again, how we maintain our faith in the midst of chaos. And this was just such a timely reminder to me of how God gives us exactly what we need when we choose to serve others. Because this was such a timely reminder for myself in preparing my thoughts for today. It was the exercise that I needed to refocus and encourage myself to build myself up in my faith. You know, I don't know anyone who said 2020 has been their favorite year. You know, not anyone. It has been a difficult year. The coronavirus has greatly impacted everyone, whether it's being sick or you're limited or disappointments in, in your plans or loss of jobs. So many different difficulties. I don't know what's been thrown into your life, but I know we all face very difficult times because we all have the same enemy of our souls and he is working through everything going on in this world today. He is at work. So what do we do when life seems to be turned upside down and our hearts ache for normalcy? First of all, I want to remind you that we need to seek him first. When we seek him first, he will take care of everything else. Now you're probably familiar, maybe you've heard before the very popular verse from Matthew chapter six verse 33, but I want to read to you beginning with verse 31 and Jesus is speaking and he says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans, the godless run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. 
you know, he just said that the godless are the ones who are all who are asking the questions. And, you know, it's so tempting for even as believers for us to be asking, what if I get sick? What if I lose my job? What if this happens? What if that happens? All these questions that drive confusion and disorder and bring chaos into our lives. You know, I want you to think about the phrase, the disorder of chaos, because that's so much of what chaos really is. It's a disordering, it's not knowing which way to go. And the way to maintain faith in chaos is to bring the correct order back into our lives. And that means putting him first, that he, the creator, the almighty God, our loving father who holds us today, tomorrow, and for all eternity in his hand. When we put him back in the place where he belongs, he restores order to our hearts and our minds. Recently, I was listening to a message by Jenny Allen, the founder of If Gathering, and she made the statement that intimacy with Jesus was her life goal. And when I started thinking about that statement, I thought, well, that should be my life goal. And in so many ways, it has been my life goal, but I never used those exact words, that intimacy with Jesus is my life goal. And I want you to think about that with seeking him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, that that really is being intimate with him and putting him first. You know, it's my goal to read my Bible and pray every day, but it's not about going just through those actions. It's about achieving intimacy with him. It's about hearing my heart, sharing my heart with him, hearing his heart. It's about that communication and knowing that we are connected, that we are one, that I'm abiding in him, as we're told in John chapter 15. You know, so many things in life we cannot control. So many different aspects of life are out of our control. That's why we start feeling so chaotic because we feel like we can't control the things going on around us. But you know what? No matter what you're feeling, you're never really in control of the things around you. You're only in control of yourself. God has only given us the power over that we have to order ourselves and take responsibility for ourselves. So when I choose to take responsibility for myself and I choose to put him number one over me, over my life, and I seek him first, I can bring some order to the chaos going on in my life. So the first thing I wanna do is seek him above all else intimacy with him, not just checking things off my list, not just showing up at church, but actually being in his presence, spending time in his presence, making intimacy with him my goal every day. Because you know what's going to happen when I do that? The next thing I want you to think about is he's going to restore your soul. We're told in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 3, David said, he restores my soul. And you know, I've found in my life that there's nothing, there is no one who can restore my soul. Now I can connect with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and they can pray for me and the Holy Spirit within them can build me up in my faith. And that is restorative, but there's nothing, nothing, no purchase, um, no exercise, no trip, no vacation that can restore my soul.
God alone is, has the power to restore our souls. So I want to seek him first, be in his presence, and give him that space and that room to speak to me, to, to reflect on his promises so that he can restore my soul. And last, what I do is I remember, I remember what he has done for me in the past. And that brings order into my heart and into my mind. Psalm 77 verse 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. It is so important that I reflect, that we reflect, and we remind ourselves of the miracles God's done for us in the past, and we can trust Him for today, that He has us today. I want you to think back. Think back into a time in your life when you really thought that was it. You weren't going to make it, or you were so distressed, or you were so hopeless. Can you remember a certain time in your life when you look back and you think, the pain that you couldn't, didn't think you would ever get through it, but you did. You held on to God and he pulled you through. Now I've created some systems for myself or some routines that you might say that I fall back on to remind me of his faithfulness. One of those things that I have is in my phone, in the notes, I've just compiled all different scriptures that have become real to me at different seasons of my life. And I've even gone into my voice memos and I've recorded myself reading all of those scriptures. And so whenever I'm going through a difficult time, when I feel like I'm rushing around, I've got so much to do and things are out of control. Sometimes I'll play that voice memo as I'm working. Sometimes I'll play it in my car. And as I just meditate on that scripture, each time I hear a certain voice, it will prompt a memory of a difficult season. And the specific verse that I chose to meditate on during that difficult time, and God pulled me through. I can think back to a time whenever I was very, very overwhelmed with concern for um, my children, a couple of them in particular, that I was just overwhelmed with worry for them. And that's when Romans 15, 13 really became so real to me. I would say that verse out loud over and over again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The key to that verse is that he will fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. So as I, as I said that verse over and over, it helped me to take my eyes off the circumstances, off the things that I couldn't control, over the people that I, my heart was so burdened and heavy for, and fix my eyes back on Jesus and remind myself that my trust is in Him. My hope is in Him. I can only control me. I cannot control those people. And it's not God's will for me to try to control them. God has given each one of us free will. He's given us choice. Satan is the one who tries to control us and manipulate us. That is not what God tries to do. So I don't want to be like Satan and try to manipulate and control others. I want to trust him. And when I do, the God of hope fills me with his joy and his peace. And there's nothing else like it. And nothing can take away 
his joy and his peace when I am trusting in him. Now, I also have a journal where I daily record things that I praise God for or things in my life that I'm thanking him for. This is my current journal. And I just try every day to make a list from the last 24 hours of the way God's shown up in my life, things that I'm thankful for, things that he's answered. When I look back over the last 24 hours and I see God in my day, I want to say thank you, Lord, because I know that there have been seasons in my life when all I was doing was crying out and asking for help. All I was doing was worrying and casting all these SOS cries up to the Lord. And finally, as I looked, stood back and I looked at my life, I said, I don't want to see myself as that person who's always concerned, always worried, always asking for something. When, when God looks at me, I want him to see me and say, she praised me. She praises me. I want my life to be about praise and the thanksgiving. And so if I say that's what I really want, then I have to put it into action. So I choose to write down my praise. I praise him for his love, for his faithfulness. I try to look through scripture and I look at the ways David praised him in the Psalms. I look at different truths in the New Testament and I say, thank you, God. I praise you that I'm saved by grace alone, that it's not by my works. I praise you for that. So whatever scripture I'm reading, I'll turn it into a prayer of praise and I write it down and then I also write down the things I'm thankful for and so sometimes when I'm struggling and things seem chaotic and I'm wondering how am, how am I going to get out of this circumstance I can reflect back I can just take some time and I can look through my journal and I can look at all the ways that God has been so faithful to me and I am reminded of his goodness to me I'm reminded that of the little things the little tiny things that he puts in my my life on a daily basis that shows me that he is there and that he cares for me. You know, I wanna share with you one other thing that um, I did several years ago. It was actually before we lived in this house, this is in our previous house. I wanted to set up my own memorials, so to speak, for the, some miracles, some major miracles that God had performed for my husband and I, because I want to pass on a heritage of faith to my children. And I want them to see God's goodness in our lives. And so the first um, photo that I have displayed in my living room that I want to share with you is this one right here. And this is a picture of my husband, Rodney. And actually, I didn't think about this before I started. This was probably in like 1992. It was in the first year that we were married. And um, have you ever heard of mumps, measles, and rubella? rubella? And those childhood diseases that in the United States are pretty much um, eradicated because of vaccines. But the year my husband went to elementary school, there was a shortage. And so he did not get his MMR, his measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. And so we had taken a trip with his parents and his three younger brothers. I was the first daughter-in-law in this family of boys. 
and uh, we took a long road trip together. And I've often joked, which I shouldn't say it, but I have said, if you could earn your salvation, I believed I did a pretty good job on that trip. <laughs> With all those little brothers, it was a trip. But anyway, my husband contracted the mumps while we were on this trip. And at the time, we had no idea what he had. His glands were really swollen. We knew he was very ill, but my husband is um, a very strong man. And so he chose to keep going. He was playing tennis with his brothers. He was doing all these activities. He just kept going, kept getting sicker and sicker, but didn't want to give up because we were on vacation. Well, by the time we get back to Oklahoma, where we live in the small, small town where his parents live, he was so sick and the virus had transferred from his glands in his neck to his um, reproductive glands. And he was very, very ill and we ended up having to take him to emergency room. And before we went to the emergency room, let me back up a second, we took him to a local doctor and um, the doctor diagnosed him with a male infection. And I told him at the time, I said, look at his neck. And he said, I think it's just a coincidence because this doctor had never seen months. So then later we end up taking him to emergency room because he keeps getting worse and worse. And at that time there was an older gentleman, an older doctor who had seen mumps before and he was able to clearly diagnose him. And that ended up being a very um, difficult period because a lot of times when men have the mumps to that severity, they become sterile. And so we brought him back to Stillwater where he and I lived and um, we were newly married and we were campus pastors at Oklahoma State University. It was summertime, so school was out. But he continued to lose weight. He continued to have swelling and um, inflammation. And we happened to know some older pastors in our lives. The pastor that I grew up under for 20 years he and his wife had never had children because he had had the mumps. We had another minister friend that they had had one child and never ever used birth control. They prayed that one child into being after the father had experienced the mumps. Seemed like everyone who'd ever had the mumps and became sterile started calling us. It was a very discouraging time. And you know, we were not set on having children. We were so young, we hadn't even really considered that. We'd barely been married a year, but we knew we wanted children. But we both began to pray, God, if our, if, if our children wouldn't serve you, then we choose this. We choose your will because you, we know that your way is the best way. So we submit and we surrender to your will, God. Our hearts might be hurting and we don't understand, but we want your will and your way. So sometime after he did recover from the mumps, we had a test taken and it showed that his sperm count was extremely low and it was highly unlikely that we would have children. So we, I was still in college at that time. He had graduated. We were campus pastors at Oklahoma State University and we had a very meager living to say the least. So at that time we decided we shouldn't bother wasting any money on birth control. <laughs> Our funds were so limited, we would just trust the Lord. And guess what? God gave us a beautiful, healthy baby boy about a year and a half later. But not just 
one. We have three beautiful, healthy children. And every time I look at this photo, I'm reminded of the bad report. I'm reminded of the sickness. I'm reminded of all the things that we could have feared and been discouraged about and how God came through. He heard our prayer and there's nothing too difficult for him. There's no, no medical diagnosis that is too much for him. He is still works miracles. He still heals. I want to share with you another picture. My husband and I um, planted our church 18 years ago. We started meeting in an elementary school. And this is a picture of the elementary school gymnasium where we started meeting. And this is just a reminder of where we've been. During that time when we were very first starting, there were days that I was so overwhelmed with concern and fear for the future that I didn't feel like I could take a breath without the aid of the Holy Spirit. I literally felt like I had to pray to have strength to take a breath. And you know what? I'm so thankful to say that over the last 18 years, God has been incredibly, incredibly faithful. He built our church out of nothing. Out of nothing, He built our church. And you know, through the coronavirus, our church has been deeply impacted. We had to shut down services, only meeting online for several, several weeks. Over the last three weeks, we have reopened three to four, maybe five weeks now we've reopened. But even, even in that, we're following all the re regulations and the precautions and our crowd is, is not at all, not at all what it was before COVID. And it can be very discouraging. I could again allow all the fear of the future, the unknown, what's coming, what's to come to bring chaos and disorder and fear into my life. But as I reflect back and I look back and I see the faithfulness, I see how he's provided. I know that his ways are good and he is faithful and I'm going to seek him first. I'm going to seek his kingdom first and he's going to take care of everything else. Now I just have one more story. I have more photos up actually in my living room, but I decided I would only share these three with you today. And so this is the last one I want to share with you. And it is a picture of a post office box. It's number 30683. And this is the post office box that we established when we were very early on beginning our church. And we were trying to um, raise money from friends and family to help support us so that we could plant the church. And so we opened up this post office box with my husband's name, Rodney Fouts Ministries. And we were going by there every so often. And in the beginning, it had gotten very discouraging because we'd go to the post office box and there would be nothing there. And so it even got to the point that when my husband would drive by and he'd want to stop, I would say, no, I said, you come back when you're by yourself. <laughs> I was discouraged. I did not even want to bother stopping. And so then he got to the point where he just went without me. He never even asked me to go. And so, you know, in that difficult time when we were planning, um, there's a thing called the open church list. And it's a list of the Assemblies of God churches in Oklahoma that need a pastor. And so I can remember a time when I was really down and I was thinking, 
can we just go, do we have to start a church? Is that what God really wanted us to do? Do we have to do all the work to start from the very beginning? Can we just not go pastor at another church that's already established? And I was having all those thoughts and, you know, trying to work things out my own way instead of trusting the Lord. And Rodney had gone by the post office and he began to get junk mail, mail that just shows up for the box office holder or the resident. It doesn't even have your name on it. And so he opened the mailbox and he did have some junk mail in there, but he had one piece of mail that said to Pastor Rodney Fouts. And he thought, well, that was really unusual because we didn't really have a church yet. We were still just getting our funds together. But he opened it up and it was from AccuTran Services, something he had never even heard of. And he began to read it and it said, Dear Pastor, I heard your story about planning the church and God woke me up last night and told me to send you a check. Well, right when he read, read the word check, he started looking around and it had actually been on the back of the letter. And when he opened the letter, he dropped the check and didn't even realize it. And he bent down to pick it up. It was a check for $10,000. $10,000. For some of you, that might be no big deal, but for Rodney and Janet Fouts, $10,000 was a huge deal. Coming from someone we had never even met because God woke him up in the middle of the night and told him to send us a check. That was huge. Did that $10,000 cover all the expenses that we had? No, but it made a huge dent. It took us a long way. But more than anything, it was a boat of confidence that we needed from the Lord saying, I am with you. This is my will. You're going to make it. And so I pray that for you today, if you feel like there's chaos around you, that you will get alone with him, that you will make intimacy your number one goal, not just trying to bring order to the things around you, not trying to control the circumstances around you or things, people or things that are happening, but to just control yourself and to remember that intimacy with him, seeking him first, seeking his kingdom first, all these other things will be added unto you. They will fall in place. Take some time and reflect back. Remember the ways that God has been faithful to you. Maybe your heart was broken through a relationship. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you can remember a time that you were so sick and God pulled you through. If we hold on, he is faithful. He will pull us through. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time, God. Lord, you know who needed these words today, God. And I pray your Holy Spirit is speaking to them now. That you're reminding them of your faithfulness in the past. You're reminding them of your power to restore their soul. Lord, I thank you that you promise that when we seek you, when we seek you first, we will find you. You have never left us. There is nothing too difficult for you, God. 
Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning, God. Your power to bring change and hope to fill us with your joy and your peace, God. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day and take some time to reflect on God's faithfulness. And again, I want to say thank you, Pastor Jen. I love you. I'm sorry I missed out on being with you in Rome this past April and into May, but I hope we get to do it again. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. See, I told you. Thank you, Pastor Shannon. That was amazing. And the Lord has really spoken to me about really abiding in Him and that giving all of my thoughts, all of my concerns to Him every day and trusting Him for it. I love those pictures that are reminders of what God did in a previous time of turmoil and how it brought you through. I love the idea of actually speaking voice messages to myself in my phone to play back. That's, I'm going to be doing that one. And so today, I just want to say, I know that the Lord knows your name. He knows where you are. He knows what you have need of. And so if you have not registered yet, you can register online to attend church this Sunday at ICF Rome. But you've got to get your registration in today because the seats are filling up fast. We were almost at maximum seating capacity per uh, social distancing requirements. But... We're singing live, we're worshiping live, and if you can't join us, many of you are joining us online, and we're so thankful. And you continue to make your generous donations to keep the ministry flourishing, and we're so thankful. As you invest, God is going to bless. As you sow seed, God is going to meet your need. So today, you sow into the life of yourself with your faith by being a part of Connect. Then you share, share this. Like it and share it with someone. Then you're passing that seed of faith on to someone else. And you never know how one seed on another seed on another seed begins to bloom that life of faith. I have one more thing to tell you. I'm so excited. We are getting ready for a kids Zoom uh, Saturday fun time. And so if you're parents, you would have seen that. We're also getting ready for our teen next gen Zoom with none other than Casey Nochi. So those of you that know Casey, we've got promo coming out. It's going to be incredible. Watch everything online on the website, but get, get your registration in for Sunday's attendance. Let's gather together and worship the Lord. Invite a friend to watch or share this message and know that today I'm praying for you. I'm praying that today your heart will be encouraged, that you will breathe. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe in the peace of God. Put a smile on your face, and God is going to do amazing things. Faith moves our mountains. I love you.